jumping into Nineveh. And we talked about how feelings pull us in different kinds of ways. Um, one of the uh, things that I believe that God has called us to do is God has called us to be healed on the inside and display healing on the outside in our life. But it happens through the healing of our heart. And today, I'm going to talk to you on a subject that I believe is very important. One of the ways that, that the enemy, he attacks our feelings is he attacks our emotions. He attacks our feelings and emotions by actions of other people. And those actions impact and influence and cause pain in our life. And so today I'm going to, if you would, stand with me and we're going to read Philippians 3.10 together. Philippians 3.10 is where we're going to pick up our text. And we're going to have a couple of other texts to read uh, throughout the sermon today. But Philippians 3.10, it says like this. This is Paul talking to believers in Philippi. This is Paul telling people, you know, what he expects and so what he expects for himself. And so Paul in Philippians 3.10 says that I may know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Number, verse number 12, not that I have already attained. See, everything prior to that, saying, Paul saying, I want to do this. This is my goal. This is my hope is to be like Christ. But for, verse number 12 says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to as apprehended. Watch this. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, today, I'm going to talk to you on a subject. Don't get hung up on unforgiveness. Somebody say forget. Say it with me. Say, don't get, don't get hung up on unforgiveness. Most gracious God, I pray that you would challenge us. I pray that you, would that you would shape us. I pray you would heal us and restore us and cause us to press forward, Father. And God, I pray that we press forward and not look back and show us, God, all the things that are capable of being attained as we pursue you, as we press toward the prize. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can have your seats today. I'm going to sit. In this walk of being a believer, in this walk of following Christ, we are challenged and we are instructed to walk in this discipline called forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. We are challenged to walk in this discipline. I say discipline because it is a choice that we make consciously to, be, to forgive people. It, it is, forgiveness is not a feeling. And oftentimes in life, we will experience pain, we will experience tragedy, we will experience hurt, but, and, and we, are not, we don't want to forgive. We don't feel like forgiving. We talked about Jonah last week, how he didn't feel like going to preach at Nineveh. And, and Jonah didn't feel like doing all these things. And, and so, so it's, it's not a feeling. Forgiveness does, is not birthed out of a feeling. Forgiveness is birthed out of a discipline. And I always I say, God, why do you um, challenge us as your people, as your children, as your students? Why do you challenge us to forgive? Why do you challenge us to, um, 
look at somebody who hurt us and forgive them. And I believe that God, he, he, he initiated this challenge to forgive because he knew that we, our lives would experience at some point in time a certain level of pain. And he knew that although he created the world and he formed the world, that this world would be filled with imperfect people um, who do imperfect things. And, and, and so it, it's, it's people's imperfections that affect their lives and the lives of other people. And so, so it's, it's where we begin to look at people's imperfections. And see, when imperfect people who live in an imperfect world do imperfect things, oftentimes it causes pain to others. Have you ever had somebody in your life cause pain in, to, to, to happen to you? Have you ever had somebody inflict a certain amount of pain on your life, whether it was physical pain or emotional pain? Uh, maybe you had some sort of pain that you grew up with. Maybe you look over your life and you see different types of pain. Maybe the pain that you experienced was um, expectations not being met. Somebody, somebody uh, let you down or, 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 or you let you down. And, and, and when imperfect people um, who are from an imperfect world that do imperfect things, they oftentimes cause us to have frustration, frustration in life. And, and, and so whenever we have this frustration, then we begin to exhibit, uh, how many know a frustrated person? All right. You can look at them on, at their face and you know that something's not right because they're frustrated. And they're not frustrated just because they're a frustrated person. They're frustrated because somebody didn't meet their expectations. And, and whenever you walk through life and you experience frustration, it typically is because uh, somebody didn't meet your expectations in the right amount of time. And so, so we become, when we become victims of people who don't meet our frustrations, when we become victims of people who do imperfect things, those victimizations, they produce pain. Uh, and we live with the pain. Pain of a broken marriage, pain of a wayward child, pain of a failed career, pain of an absent parent, pain of being unappreciated. I don't know about you, but, but one of those uh, sticks out to me, and it's the pain of uh, being unappreciated. Everybody in the room, we, 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 we long to be loved, we long to be valued, and we long to be appreciated. Nobody in the room says, hey, you know what? Just ignore me. Don't pretend like I'm not here. There is an innate desire for us to be appreciated for the things that we do. And, and, and what happens is sometimes we get underappreciated. Sometimes we don't even get appreciated at all. And underappreciation happens when people don't have the proper estimation of the value that God has placed in your life. And here's what you have to start asking yourself. Are the people that I'm looking for um, appreciation from, do they value what God has placed in my life? Do they value my gifts? Do they value my, my talents, my resources? Do they value my time? And, and whenever we begin to look over life and experience, you know, say, you know what? We've, we've gone through some struggles. We've gone through some pains. We've gone through some frustrations. We start looking inward and say, you know, there is a hurt in there somewhere. Whenever we um, say things that we thought we would never say or we do things that we thought we'd never do or, or we inflict pain on people that we thought we'd never hurt, 
we begin to look back and say, there is something in me that needs to be dealt with. Whenever we begin to explode, and, 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 and I don't know if that's you, but maybe, maybe, you, maybe people in the room have put a hole in a wall a time or two. Maybe someone in the room have uh, uh, kicked a cat, and you're okay if you kick cats, but just don't kick dogs because cats are from the devil. Um, <clears throat> but maybe, just maybe, do we got any people that love cats in the building? <laughs> Praise God. I knew y'all were saved. Uh, uh, it, whenever we begin to look at some of the way we react to certain situations, when we look at ways that we respond to negative actions that happen in our life, we, we will oftentimes discover there is hidden beneath the smile, hidden beneath the makeup and the good hair, hidden beneath the muscles and the broad shoulders, there is a pain that is resident in our heart. And, and see, see, some of us, I don't know about you, but there's, there's some of us that we didn't learn prayer in church. We learned prayer in trouble. We learned prayer in our pain. We learned prayer in our frustration. Uh, the, the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And I thought to myself, my God, just live life and you'll learn how to pray. Live some dis through some disappointments. Live through some failures. Live through some hard times. And, and it's through the trouble that oftentimes teaches us how to pray. And so, so whenever we look back and we look at the trouble, we look at the pain, we look at the frustration. Uh, point number one, if you're taking notes, wherever there is a presence of pain, there is a need for healing. Wherever there is presence of pain, there is a need, an, a need for healing. And the first step to healing is the F word. Someone say, all oh, F. Forgiveness. 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 It's a, it's a sermon that is preached and taught and... It, it, Everybody in the room, you probably have your own sermon on how to forgive. You probably could tell people and counsel people how they should forgive their family, how they should forgive their upbringing, how they should forgive their ex. But you know what? That is the most common uh, request that we get is how do I let go of pain that people have inflicted on my life? How do I let go of frustration that has set into my life? And, and here's the thing. When, when my emotions and feelings don't lead me to forgiving, Scripture always tells me to forgive. Let me say it like this. Your feelings have no barren effect on what Scripture says about forgiveness. Your feelings do not uh, contradict or they do not counteract the scriptural basis on forgiveness. Scripture is given for instruction. Scripture tells us that we should forgive. Scripture tells us, uh, Matthew 6, 12 says, uh, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Scripture tells us to forgive, but oftentimes it's our feelings that do not or they convince us not to forgive. Scripture says forgive, right? But it's easier said than done. It's easier said than done. It's easier, it's easier said, you can tell me to forgive somebody, but if you don't give me an example, if you don't tell me how to forgive, then all you are telling me is your thoughts of, a, it's your idea. I need examples. And so God knew we needed an example. Amen. So he sent Jesus. Scripture is our instruction. 
Scripture is our commandment. Jesus is our example. The instruction is to forgive. The example is Jesus. Just look at the life of Jesus. Uh, healing people who didn't ask it. Feeding people who didn't ask for food. On the cross when he was crucified, saying these words, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Forgiving, forgiving the man who was lame and, and saying your sins are forgiven. He forgave people that never, ever asked for forgiveness. Jesus, was the, he, was, he understood the concept of forgiveness. He, you didn't have to ask him to forgive you. He would walk through places and begin to forgive people, not because it was for him, for them. He began to forgive people for himself. Watch this. He was on the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them. Forgive the people who are cheering for me as they drive nails through my hand. Forgive the people who are glad that they're putting nails in my feet. Forgive the people who are laughing and cheering. I just healed that person. I just caused that person to rise up from their lame bed. I just caused them to eat. I fed these people when we were in the wilderness. God, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And they didn't even ask. Watch this. Jesus had to forgive them so his life and death would not be in vain. Jesus had to forgive the people while he was on the cross so, so, so his life would, the purpose of his death, the forgiveness of sins would become effective. And, and the thing is, we forgive people so our purpose can be fulfilled. We forgive them so we can go forward in our life. We forgive them so we can pursue our calling. See, your feelings will eventually cap up, catch up with your forgiveness. Uh huh. I'll say it again. Your feelings will eventually catch up with your forgiveness. You will not feel like forgiving people, but you must use Jesus as an example and forgive people who have hurt you, who have wronged you, who have lied on you, because it is when you let go that you are free. You, you don't just let go of what they did. You let go of the hostage and the captivity that they've kept you in. Forgiveness begins the healing process. Forgiveness is the thing that keeps what hurt you to continue to hurt you. When you begin to let go of forgiveness, another word for forgiveness is pardon. Uh, whenever you, it, and pardon is, is an interesting word. It's, it's two words. It's uh, par, P-A-R, and don, don. The word par in the Hebrew, in Latin, it's complete. It's complete. And dawn, uh, it's, it's, it, it means giving. And so when we forgive, it's complete giving. It's complete giving. It's complete giving. And so, so when we forgive, we pardon. Now, pardon, when, if you know about the prison systems and the uh, judicial system, whenever you're, you have a, a case that's pardoned or a sentence that, that's pardoned, that means that the crime was done, the time is deserved, but you're forgiven and you're pardoned. It, you're, you're set free. The, 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 the case is dropped against you. You do not have to pay the price or the penalty for the crime that you've committed. And when you forgive people, you give them a pardon. Yes, you hurt me. Yes, you deserve to be guilty. Yes, you deserve to be um, retaliated against. But I am going to wipe the slate clean so you can have, so I can offer you forgiveness. And the thing is, whatever has hurt my heart needs healing. 
And in life today, man, I want you to start examining right now because I believe God's going to do some healing today. In life today, our hearts are hurting more than ever, and we need to experience healing. But we cannot experience healing until we forgive. Watch this. Just because you stopped crying does not mean that you've stopped hurting. Just because you stopped crying does not mean that you've stopped hurting. There are still effects that deal with you. Until we deal with what's uh, our issues, our issues will eventually begin to deal with us. And so, forgiveness is a hard thing, but it's doable. Come on, church, say it's doable. Man, forgiving other people is, is hard, but it's doable. God gave us the instruction to forgive. Jesus gave us the example on how to forgive. Forgiving other people is doable. But what if the one you need to forgive is you? See, forgiving others is doable and it's hard. But forgiving ourselves is harder. But it's doable. It's doable. What if the biggest disappointments in our lives are things that we have done to ourselves? What if the biggest regrets that we have are actions that we've done? Words that we've said, um, relationships that we tried to keep, relationships that we walked away from, uh, driving drunk and causing an accident, uh, giving pe money to people who don't deserve it, co-signing for somebody and getting an apartment and putting your name on the apartment only to have them walk away, uh, getting pregnant by somebody who you thought would be with you forever and, and, and they left you, you thought they were the one, all of a sudden the choices that we make begin to have effects on our life. What if it was our decisions that inflicted the most amounts of pain? Because it's easy to say, I forgive you, but it's certainly harder to say, I forgive me. And oftentimes, the greatest amounts of pain have been decisions that we have made that the consequences were far greater than we ever thought or imagined. See, see, there are some people that, that you're raising a child that you thought was going to the the. the, the other party was going to be in your life forever but now you're raising the child by yourself and the only good thing that came out of that relationship was the child I never called children mistakes I don't ever call children illegitimate children but I do believe that there are some illegitimate parents running around and and and, and oftentimes it's these illegitimate parents that put people in a bad situation and cause people to struggle and regret decisions have you ever met somebody that you thought to yourself, I wish I would have never met them or gone somewhere that you said to yourself, I wish if only I would have not gone here or taken a job to where you said to yourself, I wish I wouldn't have taken that job. And, and we begin to live a life of regret. We begin to live a life of frustration at ourselves. Regret is feeling like we deserve to be punished. Regret is feeling like what I did, I deserve the sentence on my life. I deserve to live how I live. I deserve to be as frustrated and angry as I am. I deserve to be broke. I deserve to be this. I deserve to be angry. I deserve it because I regret some of the things that I've done in my life. Well, here's the good news. Jesus, or God has been satisfied. God has been satisfied, thank you to Jesus. I'm thankful to Jesus 
for being the ultimate sacrifice that satisfied a God that said, you deserve the penalty of death. You deserve the penalty of brokenness. You deserve the penalty of hell. But Jesus came in and satisfied God. Jesus stepped in and said, in spite of where you've been, in spite of what you've done, I will lay down my life and satisfy the debt has been paid. I remember I went to a restaurant not too long ago and I enjoyed a great meal and and had a great conversation with a friend of mine. And and as we uh, waved to the the waitress, we say, hey, uh, we're ready for our check. She said, the bill has already been paid for you guys. Now, how silly would that, how silly would it be for me to go, you know what? I know it's been paid, but I want to pay it again. I know that they already paid the bill. I know that the debt has been satisfied. But, but, but it's my responsibility to pay for what somebody else has already paid. When we live with regret, when we live with guilt, when we live with condemnation, what we are truly saying is, Jesus, your sacrifice is irrelevant. Let me pay the price for what I have done. With Jesus, Jesus died for our sins. He died for our failures. He died for our mistakes. But when we live a life of shame and, uh, and, and our head down and con- condemned, we are saying, Jesus, you died on the cross, but I refuse to accept the grace that you paid for I will I choose to live with regret Philippians 3 13 as we read in the scripture Paul says I'm not where I really want to be he says I not that I have already apprehended not that I've already attained it but this one thing I do forgetting somebody say forget forgetting what's behind me It's not just forgetting who hurt you. It's forgetting the things that we have done. See, Paul, let's talk about who wrote this. Paul was a murderer of Christians. Paul was a persecutor of Christians. Paul held the coats of the men that threw rocks and killed Stephen for believing in Jesus. Paul was there whenever they they watched people go into cities and ransack the city because they were believers in Jesus. And Paul said, I forget those things which are behind me. I forget the old me. I forget the life that I used to live. I, I, I release myself. Now here, watch this. I'm not saying forget your mistakes because if you forget your mistakes, then you'll probably repeat them again. I'm saying forget the regret. I'm saying forget the the guilt, forget the condemnation. Because if we continue to forget our mistakes and we don't learn from our lessons, then we are repetitive and, and repeat them. But I want you to let go of the guilt. I want you to release yourself so you can go into your destiny. See, see, he let it go. He let go of his past. He let go of his mistakes because he did not want his mistakes to hold on to him. And today, I want to challenge you to let go and forget about where you came from when it comes to the guilt and condemnation that you used to walk with. I want you to press toward your tomorrow. I want you to press toward your future. I want you to press toward the call that God has on your life. Uh, if you have the scripture back there, Luke, uh, Lucas uh, put up Matthew 20, 27, 3. Watch this, Matthew 27, 3. This is, this is what happens when you don't forgive yourself. 
yourself. This is what happens when you live your life with regret. Watch this. Matthew 27, 3, it says right here, it says, Then Judas, his, which is Jesus, he's talking about Jesus, then Judas, Jesus' betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, that Jesus had been condemned, Judas was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. This is Judas. He's like, man, I feel bad for betraying Jesus. He brought back the, the silver. He said, verse 4, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? You see, you see to it. He's like, it's not our problem. Verse number five, watch this, verse number five. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Judas, he was regretful. He betrayed Jesus. He, 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 he said, you know what? I'm going to make myself pay. He said, he, he said I am going to get up. Get, I'm going to hang myself. For the guilt that I feel right now on betraying Jesus. And oftentimes, when we make mistakes, we get hung up on the mistakes that we made. We get hung up on the, on the failures of our life. We get hung up on those things. And we begin to make ourselves pay the price we begin to make ourselves pay the penalty see here's what i believe with all my heart judas betrayed jesus he he betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver and he felt guilty but here's what had to happen jesus had to be betrayed because jesus had to be crucified so we can have forgiveness of our sins i believe that if judas would not have hung himself and would have repented and waited three days and asked Jesus to forgive him. Jesus would have forgave him. That's the very reason that he died was for people that would betray him. And I believe that too many of us, we hang our, we get hung up on problems and mistakes in life and guilt. See, Jesus didn't hang Judas. Guilt and shame and uh, disappointment is what led Judas to hang himself. He was ashamed of what he did and he took matters into his own hands and too many times in our lives we get ashamed and we begin to take things into our own hands and we make ourselves pay the price that Jesus has already paid and I want you to hear me stop beating yourself up over mistakes that we have made in our lives stop calling yourself names stop looking down on yourself stop feeling unworthy this is one of the things that the that guilt and regret cause they cause us to feel unworthy of God's presence but God says I want to be with you so much that I'll send my son to die for your sins and if you will just accept me accept my presence and accept my mercy and grace you can come boldly into my presence you can worship me with a pure heart you can worship me with clean lips because I sent my son to shed his blood for you no more do you have to be a hostage to your past no more do you have to be a hostage to your reputation no more do you have to be a hostage to what people have said about you Jesus said I am coming to die for you that you might be able to live for me watch this here's how do I forgive myself pastor Manny I'm gonna give you four quick points and then I'll be out of your way uh, you had to forgive myself number one or three points number one remember that God is sovereign 
What does that mean? God is all-knowing. God is all-power. God is omniscient. God has a plan and a purpose for everything that happens in your life. All your mistakes, all your hurts, all the pain will be used by God. He's going to work everything out. Everything that you struggled with, know that God has a plan for you and he's prepared a way for you to get to where he has for you to go. Number two, remember that guilt will not change the past. Guilt will not change the past. Guilt doesn't make yesterday better. Guilt makes you worse. Say it again. Guilt does not make yesterday better. Guilt makes you worse. And number three, remember Jesus died in place of our punishment. How do I forgive myself? I remember that God is going to use my mistakes as my testimony. I remember that guilt won't change my past. I remember that Jesus died in place of my punishment. See, I know what it's like to live with guilt. I know what it's like to live with frustration. There was a time whenever me and my wife were, were married, and my, my daughters were younger, and I remember because my heart, my heart was wounded, I began to wound them with my words, because if you're hurt, hurt people hurt people, and my heart was wounded, and just because of life, man, because of unhealed pain and, and disappointment in my life and disappointment in others. And I began to make them feel, or I wanted, un, un, subconsciously, I wanted people in my life and in my circle to feel like I felt. If I was hurting, I wanted them to hurt. If I was frustrated, I wanted them to be frustrated because misery loves company, right? And so I began to say things, like hurtful things to them, um, whether, whether it was, you know, the famous phrase when you walk in the door, my God, what'd you do all day? To, you know, getting on my kids for their performance in athletics. And you could have done better. I remember my daughter hitting a home run and I shouted for her and screamed and I was excited for her hitting the ball over the fence. And she missed the ball. And I just looked in the rearview mirror and focused more on the fact that she missed a ball than I did when she hit a home run. And when I say that now, I remember being the kid in the back seat. I remember being the kid in the back seat. My dad is a superstar, stellar athlete, um, unbelievable at sport, at, at, at baseball and softball and stuff like that as he got older. And I remember being that kid in the back seat. Why'd you miss that ball? Why'd you miss that ball? Why'd you miss that ball? And I say that now, and I, I can imagine my daughter's feeling as she's in the backseat of my car now. You should have done better. You could have done better. You're better than that. One of the things I remember saying to, to, to Joy was, you cost them the game. We lost by one point. Everybody else could have hit the ball. Everybody else could have caught some balls. But I was the dad looking at my daughter saying, you cost us the game. And that feel, that look on her face remind me of the sound that I had in my ear. And it went on for a while where I would just 
be careless with my words. And I begin to watch my wife and my daughter's countenance change. Their self-esteem drop. And I thought to myself, what am I doing? God, he said, in order for you to heal them, I have to heal you. And at 30 years old, God began to do open heart surgery on me. At 30 years old, God began to say, I'm going to take some pain away. I'm going to heal you. Because if I don't heal you, you're going to continue to hurt them. And I lived with regret watching my children's face and my wife live with this substandard level of esteem about themselves. I would watch them and believe in them. And I believed that they were great, but they stopped believing in themselves because of words that I said. And God said, I have to heal you because you're messing them up. And God said like this to me. This is, this is where it all changed for me. You can't change the dad you were yesterday. But you can change the dad that you are today. And that will change them for the future. But I have to heal you first. Because until I heal you, you're not gonna, you're, you'll never be everything you can be. You'll never be the dad that you're supposed to be. And so I had to allow God to heal me. And I can't change the dad that I was yesterday. And I sat with my kids and I asked for forgiveness about how I would talk to them and how I would treat them. I talked to my wife and asked for forgiveness. And I can't change yesterday. And I realized that. And so no longer do I live with guilt and shame. But now, since God told me that I can't change yesterday, I can press toward the prize. I can press toward the reward that I have. Then I can press toward better for my children. I just need to have him heal my heart. Now I don't focus on how bad I was. I focus more on how great I'm going to be. I focus more on how I'm healed now. I'm set free now. And that I can speak life into my children. And so it took, it's taken time to get my family to their, back to where they're supposed to be. It's taken time to heal the wounds. It's taken time to heal the hearts of the wounds inflicted. But God said, if you'll let me heal you, I'll cause you to heal them. I'll cause you to speak life into them. I'll cause you to speak life into their future. I'll cause you to speak beauty over them. I'll cause you to speak purpose over them. I'll cause you to speak into their dreams. I'll cause you to speak into their hopes. But you can't do that until I heal you. And so now, 11 years later, I see my children, they got that sparkle in their eye again. I see my wife believe in herself again, willing to try anything, willing to go do anything. I see that comeback in their life. And yes, it's taken a long time because some healings are not immediate. Some healings are incremental. But I'm watching my family get restored right before my eyes. I was the one that inflicted the pain because I had a wounded heart. 
And I had to go back and forgive people that hurt me when I was 12. I had to go back to forgive people that hurt me when I was 16. I had to go back and forgive people that hurt me when I was 21. And those people had a hold on my heart. Those people had a hold on my heart. And I let them go. And when I let them go, God let me go into my purpose. God pushed me into my calling. And so today, I believe God said, I've instructed you to forgive. I've given you an example on how to forgive. See, the, you were forgiven the moment you asked God to forgive you. God forgave you. But now it's time for you to forgive you. Now it's time for you to accept the fact that you can't change anything that you've done or said. The only thing you can change is how you feel about what you've done or said. Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind us and pressing forward to the prize, the high calling of Jesus Christ. I can't change yesterday, but I can change what's coming my way. And today is your day to say, God, I've been harboring some frustration. I've been harboring some feelings, and I'm tired of carrying this stuff because I'm watching me rub off on them, and that's scary. I'm watching my low self-esteem rub off on them. I'm watching my insecurities rub off on them. I'm watching my bitterness rub off on them. I'm watching my anger rub off on them. I'm watching my rage rub off on them. Whatever it is that makes you you, I'm watching you watch it rub off on people. And God says, I want to heal you. I'll heal them, but I'm going to heal you so you can start the healing process for them.